7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast, 3 p.m. in London, midnight in Sydney, and in Malaysia, it's 1964. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> And I am hot as hell. No, I don't mean that kind of hot. I mean hot. There is no breeze outside. The sun was a scorcher today. And because of that, it didn't, you know, usually at night, sun goes down, breeze comes in, maybe a little storm. There were no storms here. There is no breeze outside. The air is absolutely dead. And so am I. <laughs> yeah, happy Monday. Hello, you, uh, Luna Amethyst. Yo, yo to you. Nice to have you along for the ride. Why do I hear a vacuum cleaner? I'm actually hearing a vacuum cleaner. I don't know why. Mohaned has joined us. Hello there. I was going to say something weird like I always do, but the title of the stream did my job for me. <laughs> yeah. Good day to you, Mohaned. Yes, coming up in a little while, Japanese fart battles. Yes. Mm. <laughs> And you see, you see the shirt I'm wearing tonight? Look at this, not a t-shirt, another button-down shirt. Imagine that. But this shirt, I don't know if you can see it or not, it's all full of Japanese demons. There's all kinds of uh, Japanese demon designs all over. I love this shirt. You woke up 30 minutes ago. Luna, I hope it's morning where you are. I think it is, yeah. So anyway, I've got my Japanese demon shirt on tonight because we're doing Japanese fart battles. That's just a little story, but trust me, it'll be worth it. Hey, also, two, uh, two notes. One is, as we told you for the last stream or two, thank you, Mohanad. I love this, my favorite shirt. Um, we are uh, now a podcast, and hello to those of you who are listening at some later date to the podcast of I'm Not Wearing Pants. You can hear our audio only on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, more to come. And please do find us there. Just search. Go to iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Type in I'm Not Wearing Pants. And you'll find us. You'll see the logo, this this logo here. You'll see my ugly face. And, uh, well, likely. But it's a podcast, and we want to welcome you to those listeners. And most importantly of all, and thank you so much for those of you who do, subscribe, please. Listen, of course. You can go all the way back to the very first episode. But... Um, you can uh, subscribe, and that is what will help us, is our subscribers and our downloads to our podcast. So thank you so much for those of you who do that. I really, really appreciate it. Don't do it now. Stay with me. But when you get a chance after the show, jump on and uh, check us out at iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, any place you listen to your favorite podcasts. One more thing new, first time announcing, is that we are now on Rumble. 
all of the show, the video portion of the show can be found on Rumble. So uh, you sign up for an account. It's totally free. Very cool uh, kind of alternative to YouTube. There's a lot of viral videos, a lot of political crap there too, but also some very cool viral videos, sports videos, news, commentary, and podcasts, including this one. Uh, so go to Rumble and search for I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon, but I'm Not Wearing Pants will take you directly there. We now have a channel on Rumble.com. So sign up for an account, which is free. Subscribe, which is free. I really need the subscribers on Rumble. So even if you don't watch a single video, you can, please do. But at least subscribe to the channel. That, again, big help. And thank you in advance for that at rumble.com. Uh, Luna, keep procrastinating on my Cliff and Tati drawings. Stop procrastinating. Get it done. All right? Do it. Coffee time. Mmm. Very nice. The pause that refreshes. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, Rumble and our podcast announcements and all that stuff. And also, we're going to do a little bit on lucid dreaming tonight. But of course, Japanese fart ba uh, battles, those that, that's the big headline grabber. That's the clickbait tonight. So <laughs> you made a Tati fan discord. I'll have to look for that. I'm over on discord. All right. I'm going to switch to um, I'm going to switch to the Facebook review. But as usual, I know that I'm going to have to do some adjusting so bear with me yeah see already it's screwed up this never works right every time i try and it never ever works right so y'all get to see me adjusting live there you go check it out one of the one of the uh, clickbait headlines here is malaysian shares simple hack to easily get rid of cockroaches Living freely in your car overnight. I, you know, look, it doesn't mean that you're dirty. Cockroaches are everywhere on the planet. They will, as we all know, they'll survive a nuclear winter. So you're not going to get rid of them. But they do tend to, you know, collect in dark places. And your car is one place where that can happen. Well, it's kind of frightening to be driving down the road and suddenly have a cockroach run across your dashboard or worse yet, run across you. They do hang out in your car. I know we, we see them in our kitchens and things like that and bathrooms, but they'll get into your car too. And you won't always see them because they'll hide in places you can't find. So a Malaysian has come up. Oh, look at that. That is so gross. A Malaysian has come up with an idea, which apparently works. Uh, getting in your car, minding your own business. By the way, this is from worldofbuzz.com. Um, an unwelcome guest crawls out of nowhere and is making his way towards you. Um, well, a, uh, a netizen, Kushari Borhanuddin, took to his Facebook page and shared a life hack. And he's got like 2,300 shares, 2,000 comments, and netizens were amazed and decided to give it a go. Apparently, it works. Now, here's the... Hey! Thank you so much, Krustoff. I hope I've said that name right. Uh, thank you so much for the donation, Krustoff. Very, very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Uh, or ma'am. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So anyway, you see the the, the thing in this uh, in this picture here. Let me get my mouse into the picture. You see here, this. I've got this. Check that out. I actually have this here, and I use it. It works great. It's not for cockroaches. It's for mosquitoes, and it's this very powerful. It's called Vape One Push, and. What you do is you turn off your fans and your aircon, let's say in your bedroom. You pull off the cap. I'm not going to do it because it's very powerful and you're not supposed to breathe this stuff. So you just point it in the middle of the room and pssst, you give it a spray. That's it. One shot is all you need. Shut the door, leave the room. And I forget what it says here. I think it's maybe like an hour, half an hour. Um, follow the instructions on this. It ain't cheap. Oh, thank you, Luna, for the host. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, this is not cheap. This is like seven or eight ringgit, ringgit, which, you know, if you're in American dollars, that's like free. But here, that's expensive. And you only use one push a time. But it gets rid of all. Oh, Faisismile, it's you. Oh, very cool. Your German nickname when you were there. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks again. I really appreciate that. Uh, so anyway... They use this stuff, which is made from mosquitoes, but apparently, if you see from the picture, it's really effective on cockroaches. What you do is, at night, when you're leaving your car for the night, and you're not going to go back in until morning, just roll up all the windows, of course, shut all your doors, and just give one spray of this in the car, shut the door, and walk away. Next morning, you will likely find what, whoops, the other way, what this picture says. Look at that. All these got Now, first of all, it's gross that whoever this was had all these cockroaches in their car. But apparently it works really well. So there you go. A, uh, a new use for a mosquito spray. I use that stuff all the time because mosquitoes are really bad. And, you know, dengue, among other things. Not to mention just getting bit and woken up half the night with mosquitoes. But um, apparently it works really well to get rid of the cockroaches in your car, too. So there you go. Very cool tip. That from the uh, World of Buzz. Thanks for, um, who was that guy again? I'm probably going to butcher his name. Kushari Borhanuddin. Very cool. Hat tip to, to you, Kushari. Excellent. Very cool. All right. I teased it enough. It is time to present the Japanese fart battles. A little background before we get into it. Known throughout the art world as the fart scroll. Fart, F-A-R-T. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Wonder if I should fry or grill them. <laughs> All right. In 19th century classical Japan works, 19th century, so that's the 1800s, depicts warriors training for a fart battle, or higasan apparently, in Japanese. The scroll depicts warriors training their bodies to release powerful clouds of gas that... <laughs> I'm not going to get through this. This is true. I'm not making this up. That would release powerful clouds of gas that would uproot trees and even send cats shooting across the room. The warriors even learned how to capture their gas in bags. Oh, man. 
to release it later, terrorizing opponents with a new form of biological siege. That's right, add farting to your little-known list of samurai traditions. The epic images shows men and women farting their way into battle. The scroll probably doesn't depict actual battles. Instead, the farts serve as a metaphor, most likely for the arrival, wait for it, the arrival of Westerners in Japan. Another theory claims that it represents the decline of the samurai. Uh, as the Japanese dealt with increasing external pressures and argued over the loss of their traditional ways, one artist decided to memorialize the struggle in the form of Higa-san. <laughs> no, it's not enough internet for today. I'm going to show you these pictures in a minute. Stand by, because the pictures are coming. This Japanese scroll. Um, the epic fart battle that goes down as one of history's most strangest pieces of art. Now, <laughs> give me a second here so I can adjust this. You think I'm kidding. I am absolutely not kidding. Rival warriors face off during the fart battles. You see, I'm sorry, I can't zoom in any further than that. Um, you see... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the fart warriors could destroy anything with their precision strikes. This guy's cooking dinner or making tea or something. I don't know what. <laughs> Not even cats were safe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the smell of victory. <laughs> Female warriors also participated in the battles. <laughs> I'm enjoying this way too much. And then I read where it's supposedly an analogy for the Westerns, the Westerners. <laughs> and here is a picture depicting fighters farting into bags to create <laughs> fart bombs. Oh, man, I'm dying. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Apparently, the only defense, and here it is, was a strong fan. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> the powerful gas destroyed entire villages. The strongest warrior could topple an ox. <laughs> and what's more impressive than chopping bricks in half with your hand? Farting a hole through a board. I can't, I can't. Oh, man. Here's a picture of the warriors releasing the bags filled with farts, shocking their enemies. Oh, man, it's not over. Face masks. We're all familiar with face masks these days. It provided only limited relief from the gas. <laughs> The powerful warriors trained until their farts could uproot trees. These are from the 1800s. 
Violent battles continued on horseback with no respect for the victims. And before a battle, warriors weaponized their gas with pungent food. <laughs> uh, competitions could be a team sport. <laughs> and they were demonstrating their form and their aim. A group of unsuspecting picnickers didn't realize a fart battle was about to begin. <laughs> Trees, buildings, and people found themselves swept away. Entire villages faced Godzilla-like destruction. <laughs> Rivals discussed the terms of engagement, and a warrior escapes to warn the farmers of a nearby battle. man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That was funnier than I expected. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> I need to drink. <laughs> I think I need something stronger than coffee after that. Who needs a battle, says Mohammed? Who needs a samurai when you have a, a fart blast like that? <laughs> yeah, you are exactly right. All right, stay with me again while I adjust the screen. I'm sorry, it's just the, yeah, it's just the, the way things are around here. This is so cool. Wait till you see this. Very cool. These are, you know what a Tesla coil is? You know, Nikolai Tesla. Um, these, hang on, I gotta make sure that I've got the audio, audio open. There, there we, we go. go. All, All right, right. Check, check this out. out. These are, are Tesla, Tesla coils. coils. You'll, You'll recognize, recognize the song. Can, Can you hear, hear that? that? I hope. Oh, my. This is real. That's, that's from, from Franzoli Electronics. Electronics. They are in Brazil. They tuned a set of Tesla coils here. And then I assume with some sort of a keyboard, we're able to play not only the music, but as the notes came out, the Tesla coils fired off. And sometimes they connected, sometimes not, depending upon the frequency. But I found that it's damn cool. It's from, obviously, Bohemian Rhapsody. But from uh, the brilliant Franzoli Electronics in, uh, in Brazil. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Incredible. All right. Uh, some sad news this week, by the way. This... Please, Mohammed, what was the name of the song? You didn't recognize Bohemian Rhapsody? What, are you crazy? <laughs> oh, man. All right, we had some sad news happen this week. I know that you know uh, songs like uh, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. I know it was the 70s, but even today you've got to recognize Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And uh, I just can't help believing 
um, and of course, Hooked on a Feeling. Those songs were written by this guy. Uh, again, let me just do a little quick readjusting. This is B.J. Thomas. And B.J. Thomas was an amazingly talented singer-songwriter. And uh, he passed away at the age of 78 this week, just recently. Um, his, uh, among the most famous songs that he did, probably Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head is uh, one of the most famous. And, um, and also... Uh, Hooked on a feeling. Funny story behind uh, the song "Hooked on a Feeling." You, I know that you 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 know that song. You may not know it from the title. It's like, doom, doom, hooked on a feeling. I'm high on believing. I can't sing, but anyway, that's the song. He had proposed a song, and they told him that he needed to go back. They rejected the song. They told him to write a song that had a hook in it. Now. If you don't know what a hook is, I don't know really how to explain it. There are musical hooks. There are lyrical hooks. They're little repetitive pieces of music, melody lines, um, lyrics that, that hook you and bring you in and make you want to keep listening. It's called a hook. Um, yeah, that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Yeah, it's one of your faves. The guy who wrote and recorded and had a hit with the song is this guy, B.J. Thomas, who at the age of 78 just recently passed away. Anyway, they told him to go back and write a song with a hook in it because the song he was pitching didn't have a hook. And consequently, he took that literally and wrote Hooked on a Feeling. And that's the inspiration for that song, Hooked on a Feeling. Very cool. A uh, very sad news to lose uh, an amazing uh, talent and an incredible songwriter, uh, B.J. Thomas. He was, let me just, yes, 78 years old. He announced last March he had been diagnosed with lung cancer, died from complications uh, this past Saturday at his home in Arlington, Texas. He uh, was an Oklahoma native and grew up in Houston. That's too bad. All right. Before, <laughs> I'm still trying to get over samurai farts. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, look, my eyes are so bloodshot from laughing so hard. All right, I got another one for you. I found this today, and, you know, I don't like giving credit to Google because, frankly, Google's a pain in the butt. However, they have come up with something, and if you haven't checked this out yet, you need to, because it's amazing. I was playing around with this earlier today, and, and you, you got... I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, my, my voice, voice may be doubling up here, but just bear with me. It's, it's called, called the Blob, Blob Opera. Can, Can you see? Hang on, let me get, get my, my mouse back. back. There, there we go. go. You, you see, see the little blobby guys, guys following my mouse around? That's, that's not all they, they do. do. Play four voices in cities around the world with the help of machine learning. So this is a combination of some amazing web design and AI. You wait, wait, wait. I'm going to hit the play button in a minute and you'll see. Here we go. Okay. 
You'll watch my mouse. Okay, now watch when I click over here. I, I can control this. And I'm composing my own opera. It keeps going on for about two or three minutes, it records this, and then plays the whole thing back that you, that you created. Let me see if I can get them all going. staying on key because of the AI. I'm just dragging this thing around. Let's go for a high note. Absolutely insane. It's called the Blob Opera. Um, I don't know how to get you there. It, you can search Blob Opera. Uh, it's artsandculture.google.com. Experiment Blob Opera. Search Blob Opera. You're bound to find it. It is absolutely amazing. I, I came across that today and I thought, oh man, I got to share this. That is That is so cool. So check out Blob Opera under uh, Google Arts and Culture. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So that was fun. 
Mohanad says I could listen to that all day. And you're right. It is. It's, it's, and you're creating the music. And then AI is learning from what you do, causing the harmonies and all. And, and it eventually just goes on its own and generates its own song. And each time you do, you do it, you'll come up with a different melody. That's damn cool. Damn cool. So when robots take over the world, as long as they do things like this, then bring it on. <laughs> Why not? All right, folks. It is time to move along and move on into Peter Pan. You know, I read ahead a little bit today. I just skimmed through Peter Pan. We actually have probably another three, four streams to go before we get to the end of this. Uh, the end of this is a, it's long. Each chapter is many, 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 many pages. So uh, we'll get through it by all means. It's still interesting. Uh, things got very interesting. And uh, yeah, so we're going to, uh, we're going to move back in here. And uh, as you know, uh, they threw the lost with the boys. How many times can we sing? I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> That's a good question. Hey, Darren, good to see you. Um, all right, thanks for joining us along for the ride. <laughs> By the way, uh, if you just joined us, please, we announced earlier today that we are also now on Rumble. Rumble.com, you find, just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants. If you sign up there for a free account, if you haven't already, Rumble's a very cool alternative to YouTube. We're still on YouTube, twitch.tv, Facebook. Uh, but we're also now on Rumble. We're not live yet, but you can find all of our back podcasts, all 68 of them, I think, after tonight to be 68, uh, on rumble.com. Sign up for a free account. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's what's going to really help me a lot. Subscribe on rumble.com if you can. Okay, on to Peter Pan. And... Uh, Let's see where we left off. It was Wendy who was being threatened by Hook, but it was uh, Wendy who all this time had been bound to the mast, and it was neither that she was listening for a scream nor a crow that she was watching. It was for the reappearance of Peter. Here we go. She hadn't long to wait. In the cabin, he had found the thing for which he had gone in search the key that would free the children of their manacles. And now they all stole forth, armed with such weapons as they could find. First signing them to hide, Peter cut Wendy's bonds, and then nothing could have been easier than for them all to fly off together. But one thing barred the way, an oath. Hook or me this time. So when he had freed Wendy, he whispered for her to conceal herself with the others, and himself took her place by the mast. Her cloak was around him so that he should pass for her. Then he took a great breath and crowed. To the pirates it was a voice crying that all the boys lay slain in the cabin, and that they were panic-stricken. Hook tried to hearten them, but like the dogs he had made them, they showed him their fangs, and he knew that if he took his eyes off them now, they would leap at him. Lads, he said, ready to cajole or strike as need be, but 
never quailing for an instant. I've thought it out. There's a Jonah aboard. I, they snarled, a man with a hook. No, lads, no, it's the girl. Never was luck on a pirate ship with a woman on board. We'll right the ship when she's gone. Now, some of them remembered that this had been a saying of Flint's. It's worth trying, they said doubtfully. Fling the girl overboard, cried Hook, and they made a rush at the figure in the cloak. There's none that can save you now, missy, Mullins hissed jeerily. There's one, replied the figure. Who's that? Peter Pan the Avenger, came the terrible answer, and as he spoke, Peter flung off the cloak. Then they all knew who twas that had been undoing them in the cabin, and twice Hook essayed to speak, and twice he failed. In that frightful moment, I think his fierce heart broke. At last, he cried, cleave him to the brisket, but without conviction. Down, boys, and at them, Peter's voice rang out, and in another moment, the clash of arms was resounding throughout the ship. Had the pirates kept together, it is certain they would have won. But the onset came when they were still unstrung, and they ran hither and thither, striking wildly, each thinking himself the last survivor of the crew. Man to man they were stronger, but they fought on the defensive only, which enabled the boys to hunt in pairs and choose their quarry. Some of the miscreants leapt into the sea, others hid in dark recesses where they were found by slightly who did not fight, but ran around with a lantern, which he flashed in their faces, so that they were half-blinded, and fell as an easy prey to the reeking swords of the other boys. There was little sound to be heard but the clang of weapons, an occasional screech or splash, and slightly monotonous, monotonously counting. Five, six, seven. Nine, ten, eleven. I think all were gone when a group of savage boys surrounded Hook, who seemed to have a charmed life. As he kept them at bay in that circle of fire, they had done for his dogs, but this man alone seemed to be a match for them all. Again and again they closed upon him, and again and again he hewed a clear space. He had lifted up one boy with his hook and was using him as a buckler when another who had just passed his sword through Mullins sprang into the fray. Put up your swords, boys, cried the newcomer. This man is mine. Thus, suddenly, Hook found himself face to face with Peter. The others drew back and formed a ring around them. For long, the two enemies looked at one another, Hook shuddering slightly, and Peter, 
with a strange smile upon his face. So, Pan, said Hook at last, this is all you're doing. Aye, James Hook, came the stern answer. It's all my doing. Proud and insolent youth, said Hook, prepare to meet thy doom. Dark and sinister man, Peter answered, have at thee. Without more words, they fell to, and for a space there was no advantage to either blade. Peter was a superb swordsman and parried with dazzling rapidity. Ever and anon he followed up a feint with a lunge that got past his foe's defense, but his shorter reach stood him in ill stead, and he could not drive the steel home. Hook, scarcely his inferior in brilliancy, but not quite so nimble in wrist play, forced him back by the weight of his onset, hoping suddenly to end all with a favorite thrust taught him long ago by barbecue at Rio. But to his astonishment, he found his thrust turned aside again and again. Then he sought to close and give the quietus with his iron hook, which all this time he'd been pawing the air with. But Peter doubled under it, and, lunging fiercely, pierced him in the ribs. At the sight of his own blood, whose peculiar color, you remember, was offensive to him, the sword fell from Hook's hand, and he was at Peter's mercy. "'Now!' cried all the boys." But with a magnificent gesture, Peter invited his opponent to pick up his sword. Hook did so instantly, but with a tragic feeling that Peter was showing good form. Hitherto he had thought it was some fiend fighting him, but darker suspicions assailed him now. Pan, who and what art thou? he cried huskily. I'm youth, I'm joy, Peter answered at a venture. I'm a little bird that has broken out of its egg. This, of course, was nonsense, but it was proof to the unhappy hook that Peter did not know in the least who or what he was, which is the very pinnacle of good form. Tot again, he cried despairingly. He fought now like a human flail, and every sweep of that terrible sword would have severed in twain any man or boy who obstructed it. But Peter fluttered around him as if the very wind made him blew out of the danger zone, and again and again he darted in and pricked. Hook was fighting now without hope. That passionate breast no longer asked for life, but for one boon it caved to see Peter show bad form before it was in cold forever. Abandoning the fight, he rushed into the powder magazine and fired it. In two minutes, he cried, the ship will be blown to pieces. Now, now, he thought, True form will show. 
But Peter issued from the powder magazine with the shell in his hands and calmly flung it overboard. What sort of form was Hook himself showing? Misguided man though he was, may we be glad without sympathizing with him that in the end he was true to the traditions of his race. The other boys were flying around him now, flouting scornfully, and he staggered about the deck, striking up at them impotently. His mind was no longer with them. It was slouching in the playing fields of long ago, or being sent up for good, or watching the wall game from a famous wall. And his shoes were right, and his waistcoat was right, and his tie was right, and his socks were right. James Hook, thou not wholly unheroic figure, farewell for we have come to his last moment. Seeing Peter slowly advancing upon him through the air with dagger poised, he sprang upon the bulwarks to cast himself into the sea. He did not know that the crocodile was waiting for him, for we purposely stopped the clock that this knowledge might be spared him, a little mark of respect from us at the end. He had one last triumph, which I think we need not grudge him. As he stood on the bulwark, looking over his shoulder at Peter, gliding through the air, he invited him with a gesture to use his foot. It made Peter kick, instead of stab. At last, Hook had got the boon for which he craved. Bad form, he cried jurily, and went content to the crocodile. Thus perished James Hook. Seventeen slightly sang out, but he wasn't quite correct in his figures. Fifteen paid the penalty for their crimes that night, but two reached the shore. Starkey to be captured by the Redskins, who made him nurse for all their papooses, a melancholy come-down for a pirate, and Smee, who henceforth wandered about the world in his spectacles, making a precarious living by saying, he was the only man that Jazz Hook had feared. Now Wendy, of course, had stood by, taking no part in the fight, though watching Peter with glistening eyes. But now that all was over, she became prominent again. She praised them equally and shuddered delightfully when Michael showed her the place where he had killed one. And then she took them into Hook's cabin, and pointed to his watch, which was hanging on a nail. It said, half-past one. The lateness of the hour was almost the biggest thing of all. She got them to bed in the pirates' bunks pretty quickly, you may be sure. All but Peter, who strutted up and down on the deck, 
till at last he fell asleep by the side of Long Tom. He had one of his dreams that night and cried in his sleep for a long time. And Wendy held him tightly. Chapter 16 will come up next. It is called The Return Home. And that will just about close out Peter Pan before we move on to The Little Prince next time. So be sure and join us for that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, uh, one of the other things that I wanted to cover, we didn't have time tonight, was uh, lucid dreaming. Man, we got a lot of reaction to my lucid dream segments. Um, we told you ways you can uh, encourage your mind to lucid dream. Not dangerous, perfectly safe, a lot of fun, very cool. I've been experimenting, trying different things. Uh, sometimes it works. I'm not very good at it yet. But um, you can find a bunch of YouTube videos on lucid dreaming. I offered in our last two or three episodes, you'll find some steps you can take. Uh, but one of the things I will get to in our next stream on Wednesday night is things you should try and avoid if you get good at lucid dreaming. They're not Lucid dreaming is not dangerous. It's perfectly safe. Nothing wrong in spite of all the conspiracy theories out there. Um, but there are some things you can do that will either make you wake up and spoil your lucid dream or you just have to be prepared for them. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time on our Wednesday night episode of, uh, of I'm Not Wearing Pants. That is going to do it for tonight. I thank you so much for joining. Uh, don't forget to like, share. Um, of course, if you can, you can either click here or in the description above or below on Twitch and YouTube and Facebook to uh, make a donation to the program, help defray the costs of uh, putting the show together. Don't forget, too, we are now a podcast. And thank you for those of you who are listening on our podcast. You'll find all of our episodes, 68 of them so far, as podcasts on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere your favorite podcasts air. Please do subscribe to us there. And Rumble.com, brand new, our videos, podcasts are up on Rumble.com. Sign up for a free account, absolutely free, no cost to you. It's just like YouTube. They've got some cool viral videos. And of course, they also have this show. Just in the search bar, you can type, I'm not wearing pants, and subscribe please, on Rumble. It would really help me a lot. Thank you so much. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thanks, and we'll see you again on Wednesday night for that edition of I'm Not Wearing Pants. Until then, I am Jay Sheldon, and strangely enough, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>